Hello, and welcome to the Savage Bear podcast. Top of the episode is thank you for listening to our podcast on the first night at which we are playing this awesome campaign. Uh, we're going to be playing Extinction Curse uh, Venture Path from Pazio, built on the Pathfinder 2E platform. So a little bit from me and where I've come from as a DM. Um, I've been playing Dungeons & Dragons since... 2011, I believe I was introduced to it. It's almost 10 years now. Jesus Christ. Um, and yeah, so I got introduced to Pathfinder a few years ago. Love it. And yeah, and now I'm finally recording something that I love to do and love to, you know, play and run for my friends, which I have three of you with me tonight. Um, we'll go around the room, just so a small introduction of who each of you are, what your backgrounds are with Dungeons and Dragons, with Pathfinder, with any of the tabletops, Warhammer, whatever, for all these tabletop games. We'll start below me, so we'll go Bray. Do you want to give yourself a bit of an introduction? All right. Yes, hello. Uh, I am Brayden. Um, I started playing DD not too long ago, about my ball, but like three or four years ago. Have not played much Pathfinder, so it should be interesting to see how this goes. We have familiarised ourselves somewhat with the, the format, but uh, it may be a little bit slow in the first couple of rounds. But um, apart from that, yeah, Warhammer and all that kind of, all that jazz, good fun. But yeah, love tabletop games, keen to play this. Let's go. Yeah, let's do it. Kyle. Hello, I'm Kyle. I'm Bray's brother, believe it or not. Um, yeah, the same kind of thing, been playing D&D a few years. First foray into Pathfinder, as it were. Um, but I've got a few DM games under my belt, so pretty confident with the rules um, and pretty keen to get this podcast going. Let's do it. Yeah, and last but not least, Josh. Hi, I'm Josh, and I too am a DM, and I like I play Dungeons & Dragons and Pathfinder a lot. Fantastic. All right, well, seeing as we're all ready to go, of course, we're all pretty new to the system. We played probably about, what, eight almost sessions of just some Pathfinder Society stuff to introduce us to the rules and stuff like that. So it might be a little bit wavy to begin with, but feel free to message us over any of the social medias that we've created, or Facebook, Instagram, whatever's easiest, and also our email address, which will be savagebearpodcast at gmail.com. I'm more than excited to read all of your emails about how we got every single rule wrong <laughs> for this situation where you're not meant to do it this way, rule you're meant to do it that way. No, seriously, send me emails. I, we all want to learn how to play this game better, and there might be some things that we underhandly do differently than what's in, meant to be. But anyway, well, I guess without further ado, let's get to it. We see... Dark clouds, circulating and seething, clashing violently against a long coastline. Lightning sporadically hitting the side of a blackened cliff face, causing it to chip away and tumble down like weightless debris. The salty water rushes against the cliff, mixing itself with the rain pouring down. The inhabitants of the 50-foot-long ledge creeping out of the cliff, just above the waterline, don't seem to mind, barely safe from the crashing waves. Large, bulbous, toad-like creatures sit around a ledge, lacklastically. These creatures with saber fangs curling from their jaws almost to the ledge floor, lazily blob about, mucus-like slime sliding off their backs onto the ground beneath them. All their almost spherical, reptilian-like eyes stare hungrily upwards towards the storm, hoping for a bird to get caught within the anger of the atmosphere and thrown just a bit too close to them. A cloaked figure rounds the corner of the cliff face, 
onto the ledge, using a gnarled staff with both hands as support against the never-tiring storm. He looks up, water, wind, and small debris batters against his lightly tanned human-aged face. He exhaustively sighs under his breath. I thought it was Maria's turn to shoo these creatures away. He continues forward, every now and again having to squeeze between the oozing toads the occasional annoyed grunt emits from one of the creatures. Time slowly marches on, just like he does, cascading around the cliff, suddenly confronted by the sound of what he thinks is crackling hot stone. Unable to distinguish whether it brings him comfort like a warm stone fire in the winter or distress and hesitancy. Ten feet tall doors tower above. As he steps closer, the charred shapes begin to form images before him. Beautiful and delicate carvings dance up and down the face of the doors. Images of the god Gozra have been miraculously chiseled into the stone face of the door, suddenly struck by lightning, turning their usual speckled colour into the deepest of blacks. The man pushes against one of the doors, sliding it open with just enough of a gap for him to slip through, his cloak brushing against the scorched stone, turning black in places from soot. Inside stands four columns dominating the room, reaching up for what seems to be an ever-ending height. Two of these are carved in the shape of elegant trees, and the next two, just like coral, found in the depths of the ocean. Behind them, an immeasurable green curtain hangs taut with two retainers on each side. A human steps out from behind the curtains, dust exploding from within the folds, quickly settling. Dressed in simple clothing made from what can only be imagined as large leaves and animal furs. Welcome back, Harlock. I hope the travel served you well. Well enough, well enough, Seymour. Still, a lot more research needs to be done, Harlock says, taking off his cloak, still soaked from the storm that continues to rage against the cliff outside. I hope all is well in my absence here. Seymour walks forward, disconcertingly, towards Harlock, and takes a dripping cloak from his grasp. Harlock frowns at the overwhelming, underwhelming reaction from his seemingly innocent question. Silence lingers in the air like a rotten scent. Seymour? There's another meeting happening in the main temple. Is it... is it Namir again? What has she said? Same story. Blaming Abbotton for the misfortune this time. He pauses, letting out a groan as if the words he was about to speak would graze his throat on the way out to the open air. There's more of us agreeing with her. Arlok sighs and rubs his temple, his head slightly beginning to ache due to the news. It doesn't have to be this way. Why is it always this way? If only he could finish his research without the threat of a coup every time he ventured out of the hermitage. He collects himself hastily. Do they, do they know I'm here, Seymour? His demeanor becoming more cold and rigid. No, I don't believe so, but it seems they have eyes and ears everywhere now. It's hard to tell what goes unnoticed. Harlock steps... Harlock steps towards the green curtains. Thank you. That will be all for now. Prepare my room and hopefully I won't be long. He pushes through the curtains, wiping the dust, wiping off the falling dust from his face with a soot-covered hand. He begins winding his way down the corridor at least further and further into the cliff. At the end of the corridor is a blue and green marble door, delicately carved, just like the others. This time, however, the carvings depict an abstract pattern that creates an illusion of both wind of a tornado and the water of a whirlpool. He grips onto the green metallic leaf-shaped door handles, knuckles turning white, and thrusts it open. 
The magnificent gallery that he walks into behind the door glows with a light that is eliminated from magical orbs set in eight twisted pillars contained within. The pillars stretch from the floor upwards of 20 feet. The ceiling illustrates a cloudy, storm-stricken sky with remarkable realism. The surface on which he walks is covered with mosaics that portray the depths of the ocean, complete with coral reefs, seaweed beds, as well as schools of fish. Beyond this magnificent gallery, corridors lead to the north and south. The piece de resistance stands proudly at the end of the at the end of the corridor. A gargantuan double door cast from bronze in such a way a diorama stands out. Casts of animal of all kind, fish swimming in the sea, beasts walking the earth, and birds soaring through the sky. However, as breathtaking as it is, four hem- heavily armed guards stand at attention on either side of the door. They could almost be mistaken for statues. As Harlock begins to make his way through the gallery, it becomes apparent that they are not. Swiftly moving into defensive stances, the guards startle Harlock. Are you not aware of who I am? Harlock furiously bellows, the force of the air being expelled from his lungs to project his voice almost topples it momentarily. The guards do not move from their position, as if not a sound had peeped from him. All eyes in the room are set on Harlock's weak frame. The bronze door opens behind them. A female halfling glides into the room with purpose. Her garments druidic in nature, her hair matted with light and dark purple hues. It whips around her shoulders and neck tang- like a tangled bird's nest. Perched ever so de- delicately but sturdily on top of her head is a headdress, a head of what looks like was once a giant rat as its focal point. Nemea, what is the meaning of this? Harlock demands. Nemea laughs curtly. <laughs> it's just a, just a little bit of uh, miscommunication as all. Had you sent word of your arrival, they would not have been there to stop you. We're just holding a meeting in the concerns of the health and fauna and flora of the island, as well as what we believe the solution might be. Had we never known, we would have waited for you. She smiles with an edge of discontent. Harlock begins to speak but pauses, if he can't decide on how he wants to phrase his response. Maybe in the way which the following words are phrased or ordered could change the details Namir passes on. What do you mean, we? Namiya stops. Oh, you've missed out on so much while you've been go- gone. Come, you should meet her. She's very eager to meet you. Namiya gestures towards the guards, and in silence they obediently return to the attention position on each side of the door. Once again, the statue in a statue-like state. She opens the door for Harlock, who nervously passes through the doorway. Beyond is a chamber home to a large and resplendent shrine to Gojra the wind and the waves, the floor which bears a mosaic mosaic depicting Gosra's battle against Ravogug. In defense of all creation, is gracefully disrupted by two narrow moats shaped as semicircles, one filled with churning water and the other with shrieking winds. Four slender bridges across these two moats, of which appear bottomless. A crowd of dozens of hermits stand on the mosaics, all on sides of the moat quietly discussing what seems like whispered nonsense between themselves and groups of threes and four. Namir leads Harlock through the now parting crowd, occasionally greeting, uh, gr- the occasional greeting directed at Namir, but only a cold sh- shoulder towards Harlock. At the far end of this chamber is a raged, raised dais with an altar. Standing behind this, even more statues, two of them. One depicts a bearded storm elemental holding aloft a bolt of lightning. Facial features strike one with confidence but a firm look. The other is a stern woman wearing garments of only sea foam and on an eight hole crown, which seems to be almost swimming in place in her hair. A female stands behind the dais. 
Harlock has never seen someone of this beauty before. Long black hair spills out over her shoulders. It seems to float around her body, piercing red eyes that seem to be able to stare through you and your soul. Crescent moon glasses, which seem to perch on the most dainty nose. Her clothes a lot more elegantly woven with detail and much more thread count than the rest of the hermits gathered here. The mirror walks up to the steps of the dais, a gentle smile on her face. My love, I have brought you him. He has finally arrived. The woman on the dais turns and smiles at her. Oh, what a gift. Thank you. She stoops down to the most poised arch and kisses the mirror on the cheek, her lips the most perfect shade of scarlet. They seem to shimmer with the reflection of the room. Or maybe magic. The woman turns and faces Harlock. So, you must be who they refer to as Harlock. I've heard a lot about you. She walks down the steps slowly and holds out her delicate hand towards him. My name is Beleni. Harlock, stunned for what feels like an eternity, but is only a mere second, composes himself and brings forth his hand to clasp hers. No, the pleasures is mine. May I ask you, what brings you here? Her, he steadily eyes her up and down, soaking in what he sees and also what he doesn't see. Not a holy symbol to be found, so not a travelling cleric. Little fixtures in her garments, not a passing druid. Who is this woman? He thinks to himself. Beleni laughs. It sounds like a warm breeze. It feels like a warm breeze entering the full, uh, whole of his body. Oh, but my dear, I'm here for you. I want to hear about your research. Most particularly, if you may, tell me about the Aeon Orbs. Harlock tilts his stance slightly in confusion, trying to understand if there was any way that Beleni knew about the Aeon Orbs. He drew at nothing. Ooh, yes, who, who told you this? Namia did. She meant then mentioned that you thought this Aeon Orb was the reason the land has become desolate, why the crops are failing year by year, why the rivers are nothing but mud. You told me it was Abaton! Namir shouts out sternly, silencing the room with her hands clenched in her fists, her fingernails digging into her palms uncomfortably. They are cutting down the forests, enslaving animals, and, and now, and, and now a damn circus? Balani turns and smiles, her mouth curling in the most flattering way. Oh, darling, I'm just exploring the possibilities. I want to be absolutely sure before we take our revenge. I look turns. Revenge? Beleni rolls her eyes and turns to face Harlock with her whole body focusing all of her attention to him. Yes, perhaps revenge may be on the cards, but first, however, she leans in, making sure she does it slowly, allowing Harlock to see all of her closely, and kisses him on the lips, her mouth caressing his in a hedonistic manner. I need to know more about this Aeon Orb. Harlock only barely hears the words spoken by her, as his head starts to spin he senses feel dumbfounded yet pleasured, his mind drowns ever so slowly, falling into blackness within his own mentality and consciousness. He can only hear the sound of his own voice, but not the words he uttered forth from his own mouth. Yes, my love. I can tell you everything. Cut to black. We see a town, close to a hundred buildings, homes, shops, barns, couple of taverns and even a church, all hugging around rivers that converge eastward. Towards the north and south, there are orchards and fields. Abaton. A dry wind softly carries the already vaguely airborne seeds that were once planted on the tilled earth, originally intended to be a farm, casting them far away from the home. An old farmer looks out at what he, what should have been his crop, instead of patchy weeds and dust. 
He chuckles a little, the sound of desperate air falling heavily from his laugh. He takes one last glance at his own misfortune that he made, made him laugh so. Before he turns and begins to walk through the orchard, looking for any sign of life beyond the rotting flesh of weak apples and pears lying on the ground that at this point in time could be mistaken for de- de- decaying corpses. He can hear the sound of children playing in the old riverbed, the, lap- the, lapping, the slapping of mud and the joyous cries of innocent, naive laughter. He exhales long and slowly, remembering times long ago, back when he was younger, running and jumping into the river, splashing around and causing such a ruckus that his mother would come out and clip him around the ear. Not many left in Aberton now. Barely a hundred families, he thinks to himself. All trying to carry on and make best of what of depressing and haunting era. One of the children runs up to the, criv- uh, the creek bed, covered in mud, trying to get it out of his eyes. Come here, come here, son. Let, let me help you. The old man shouts calmly, walking towards the edge of his property. I, I thank you, mister. I, if I'm honest, I can't see a thing at all. I, it's starting to stick. I'm, re- I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. The little boy yells back as he rushes over in the direction he thinks the old man is coming from. Joel's trying to, his best to wipe his mud-sodden hands on any clean clothing left on him. The old man lifts him up onto the fence and props him against one of the pickets and uses his thumb to push the mud out of his eyes. He pauses for a second, recognising the boy. You're Charles's son, aren't you, Aiden? The boy smiles through his squint, squinted, dirt-covered face. Yep, he's working away in Ascadar. Hopefully he'll be home soon. I, so, I hope so too, lad. Uh, say, could you do a favour for me? I've got this letter I need you to deliver to the father, Nellan, for me. My bones aren't what they used to be, and it'd be real ease on the soul for this old man. Certainly, Aiden beams. I need to get home anyway. Ma will be wondering where I am. The old man chuckles to be that young again. He helps the boy down and reaches into his pocket and pulls out a letter that jingles with the sound of metal hitting metal. Tell him Henry sent you. He should find, uh, well, he should find most of this month's payment. Apologies for it not all being there, you know, the full amount, it's just... Uh, yeah. Times are tough, Aiden says, saying, uh, taking the note and smiling at him. The old man is taken aback a little bit, and smiles back and nods. Aye, times are tough, and hands him a cloth to wipe the rest of the mud from his still-strewn face. Heave! A voice bellows out across a dirt field as a sudden snap of thick hemp rope pulls taut, breaking the silence in the air. Dust whips up, coating a group of riggers and labourers, a choir of grunts and shouts of encouragement. Come on, Yuri! You've got enough strength for the rest of us! A short brown-haired, bearded, dwarven man shouts out towards a heavy-set orc. Ray, you want to tell us about Yuri? Uh, Alright, uh, so I'll just do a little short backstory because I don't want to reveal too much, but uh, Uri is a, uh, his full name is Inka Thorog, but that's too difficult for other people to pronounce, so he just goes by Uri. Um, he is a uh, mostly orc, part uh, giant uh, orc from uh, Belkson, the hold of Belkson. Uh, and has only really been in uh, a, working as a rigger for about uh, two years or so. Um, uh, prior to that, he was in other engagements that we will find about out about later. And pulls on the rope. And as you pull, all the workers in front of you start 
like losing their balance. <laughs> you all start gaining speed, sweat beating down all of your foreheads, soaking the dirt beneath them as three thick, gigantic wooded poles ascend to the sky. With a triumphant thump, the poles fall into five-foot-deep holes. The workmen cheer and run back towards the poles, grabbing hammers, nails, and wooden planks, and start working on securing the poles to the ground. Oh, bravo! Bravo! <laughs> oh, excellent work, everyone! A portly, short man applauds. Dressed in striped red and black pants, held up by overly garish, buckled suspenders pulled up over a simple simple white collared shirt with a red towel hung over his shoulder the bottom half of his chin and cheeks are covered um, in shaving cream and sitting on top is, is an alluring ginger moustache the ringmaster Miron Thunder Stenhall he strides over to the center pole and runs his hand up and down the thick smooth wood finest timber from the depths of Arfen Forest cost us a pretty copper it did but uh, all worth it for dark wood he kind of looks around a little bit and leans in towards you, Yuri. And you're furiously working at a nail in the wood. Or at least that's what I'm telling the mayor of the town. We're meeting for lunch, you see. <laughs> he giggles excitedly. <laughs> he straightens up. Actually, Yuri, um, Bunny, mind having, a, um, having your ear for a moment? Certainly. Um, dwarven man, Bunny, he gives you a nod. Bunny gives you a nod and walks over to him. Gentlemen, I uh, hope you have the supplies you need in case of any mishaps during tonight's performance. I don't want anyone getting hurt on opening night. Oh, um, Bunny, um, wasn't we a little bit short of, uh, medical supplies? Mr. Thunder, um, Mirren interrupts. Uh, Please, Bunny, you've known me for years. You must stop with that Mr. Garbage. Mirren or Thunder will do. Bunny's taken a little bit back by this. Oh, yes, sir. Sorry, sir. I'm happy, Miron. Yeah, but both me and Yuri are running low on our supplies. Uh, you know, looking after Bardoff and that. From his wounds back in Hillfar. Bardoff is, you guys would know, is the almost mascot of the circus now. Um, he was a bear that worked for the circus, but sadly his worker died from a fatal stabbing in Eskadar last time you guys were in there with your old circus. Yes. How's he faring? I presume he won't be available for tonight. Oh, he's, he's alright, I think. Right. Oh, he has been the same since the, you know, the brutal murder of Bardoff, but uh, he's got like a sullen look on his face now. Clearly the loss of a dear friend still sits heavy on his heart. Still, the best we can do for the is care for the beast. I think it's best we don't push him. The show has to go on after all, right? <laughs> oh, yep, yes, the supplies. Um, I think they were accidentally picked up with all the provisions for Kale's kitchen. You might have to head over there to resupply. Oh, right. Oh. You want to get head over, Bunny? Yeah, no, nah, I, 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 yeah, I think we can. Yeah, you know, thanks. Thanks, Miron. And Miron smiles and gives you a nod and slaps his hands together. Right, splendid. All right, <laughs> Uh, now I should freshen up for my morning meeting this morning. And he turns around with a happy step behind him, humming away. Meanwhile, inside a long, narrow tent, dressed in colours of bright red, yellow and blue, a stovetop sizzles with the sound of frying eggs. Shelves are stacked with food and spice, cans and packets, and quite a few beautifully maintained plants of various colours that almost compete with the palette of the tent. The stoves sit at the back with a spatula nursing a pan, but there's no wielder in sight. 
magically tossing and turning ingredients inside. On the opposite side of the tent, to the cooker, a flaps open, looking towards the labourers working on the poles. The view is disturbed as a man carrying several boxes of supplies walks into view. Josh, do you want to describe your character? Um, Kale Vestas is a young Talden human around the age of 30. Uh, he's dressed in quite a bit of circus flair, bright colours of, of green, mostly. And uh, he has some very... Very loud hair, um, dyed a dark black colour with highlights of blue, held back by a red bandana with several ear piercings and drawn-on face tattoos. Uh, sort of um, sheathed on his back uh, is a, a cleaver, pretty much the size of his torso, and uh, a bandolier of daggers attached to his belt along with a series of pouches and bags. We see the human set down his boxes and start unloading the cargo. Wooden characters dressed in circus outfits, pinwalls glistening with colour, juggling balls, flags with the words Circus of Wayward Wonders printed on them. He begins sorting them into carousels and shelves, price tags dangling in the air. A calm voice appears behind him. What are you working on this time? A middle-aged, heavily tattooed Shuanti woman, bald, dressed in light, nomadic leathers, stands behind him, sniffing the air. Oh, the uh, Tahala. Hello. H- how are you? Uh, well, you know, night jitters just before were a great performance. What I've heard, we've almost sold out of tickets. Well, uh, that's exciting. So what is that you're cooking in the back there? Sniffing the air. Oh, uh... Come have a look. I, I found it this morning. She follows you as you both enter into this, um, into the kitchen. You go move over towards the spatula. And do you take take over, or you show her as it's still magically going? I'll, uh, yeah, I'll sort of make sure it's in plain view of it, it cooking itself for a bit, and then I'll I'll step forward. It's like, all right, uh, step out of the way, please, Smith. There's silent footsteps as my unseen servant steps to the side. Eggs? Did you did you get them from town? Not just oh ah, uh, on the uh, a cliffside nest not far from here. Cliffside nest? Yeah. Like, st- stealing like eagles' eggs or something? Well, it wasn't exactly stealing. They were unattended. <laughs> she laughs to herself a little bit. Come on, Kale. All right, well, well, you're gonna have to give me a call once this is all finished. Um, smells delicious. As most of the food you cook. Yes. Uh, I have another one here, actually. You, uh, Indeed. Would, would you like to crack it? Yeah, certainly. She puts out her hands. You see heavily tattooed symbols and almost animalistic creatures melving into the patterns around her hands as she puts out her palms towards you. Yeah. Uh, I see your culinary skills then. <laughs> you, know, you know I'm not that good at cooking. Grabs it and how big is this egg? Uh, it's it's pretty big. It's uh, I would say uh, if you ever seen an ostrich or emu egg, it's about that size. Okay, she takes it to school. It's definitely a lot bigger than an eagle's it's egg. Definitely, it's a it's a two handed job. And she grabs it by the edge and cracks it on the side, spilling some of it onto the stove. But oh, and trying to push it back into the stove, and she kind of 
Um, do you have somewhere to put the eggshells? Um, what is that? I sort of point out the uh, unborn avian that has uh, tipped out of the egg and into the pan. Uh, 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 um, 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 do you have a fork or something? Something to pull it out? No, uh, no, it's fine. Uh, leave it in. D- leave it in? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can work with this. It can't be anything any worse than what Madame Dusklight had me doing. She kind of regresses a little bit. She's like, yeah, anything's better than that rule. I, I just I, I came by, sorry, I just came by to see if you needed me to help you sell some stuff tonight as they come in. Can I um make a, actually I don't even know if I have the required knowledge here. What do you want to do? Uh, I'll just try to identify the uh, the the creature, creature. that's fallen out of the egg. <laughs> um, give me. Do you have nature or? Ooh. I I do have nature. I'm not trained in it, but I can give it a go. I mean, you can give me an unskilled roll if you like. That's right. I'll, I'll, I'll give give nature a go. A fourteen. Oh wait, sorry. Hey, wait, and then scroll down. No, an eight. It's much worse. Eight. <laughs> um, yeah, no. You've got no idea what kind of creature this is that's falling out of this egg. It's clearly avian, but not something that you've seen before. Very, um, very strange. But definitely something you think you can work with. Yeah. Did you Did you need my help tonight? Your help? Yeah, I'm manning the stools as they come through. I my performance isn't until tomorrow morning. Oh well. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, I could always use a hand. Yeah. It's kind of like a mildly awkward silence as you guys stare at each other's eyes. And, of course, if you need me to help you tomorrow morning with the oh, show. Yes, no. Last up. time when, when you had the effects and the, the lights and surrounding the mood lighting. That, that was fantastic last time. Please. It's at least least I can do is help you if you help me out. You know, scratch my back, scratch yours. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Scratch your back any day. Give it like a little... The, the old, like, fist pump across the chest. <laughs> <laughs> and then kind of realizes what he says, and just kind of like, oh. Uh-oh. He's oh. kind of standing there, and the camera, like, pans across this scene, and over the top of the, the sound of the crackling egg, we hear, no, no, not like that! Arms out to the sides like this! And we see, we cut to a small circular dirt ring hiding in the shade of a large tree behind the campsite. Two humans are leaning up against a fence surrounding an elf at the centre. Kyle, do you want to give us a description of what your character looks like? Yep. Um, Javier is a relatively tall, blonde-haired, blue-eyed elf uh, with a quite thick, curled moustache stapled to his face. Um, His get-up is almost like a a blood-red suit with a cream accent still on it. Um, and he stands very straight-backed, uh, very confident but not cocky, um, and staple, uh, on, on his side is a, a, a kind of an elegant rapier, which he's not using currently as he's attempting to learn some moves from his fellow circus performers. One of the humans, the male, dressed in a tuxedo-styled breast jacket with white stains on his shoulders, straightens out, puffs out his chest. You make your body reflect your yes confidence. And he pushes his left arm out to the side, like this, like this. Tries to get you to copy him. Puts his other... I'm trying, yes. yes and then hand on your chest, on, on your chest like this, right in the centre. Like this, right? yes. And angry your head like so, and then he 
turns forwards uh. and bows forwards. Ah, yes, that does feel quite natural. The woman next to the gentleman just starts laughing. Like dark-skinned, close-shaved haircut, wearing a beautiful white leotard decorated with sequins that capture the sun. Axel, it's all well and good to prepare to f- your finish, but you actually have to pay- prepare for the show first. And she pulls herself up, um, pulls herself up onto the fence and leans forwards towards you, Havier. Footwork is the key. You can't be tripping up over yourself. That goes for you too, giving Axel like a sideways glance. Axel, Axel scoffs back. If you both are on stage tonight, then don't overdo it. Relax. Don't go through the steps. Remember your routine and you'll be just fine. No, I think I'll just uh, be a bundle of nerves, as I always am. Seems to work. Axel just glares almost at Illyria. What do you mean, if? You mean Thunder still hasn't decided the lineup? Well, I know I'm going on stage, for sure. Kind of looks at you and rolls her eyes a little bit. It's like, yes, if. Been asking him for weeks now. Just, just let me perform, but to no avail. No confident answer. Have you, have you, 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 you've seen it before, right? Well, no, no, you, you forget that you, you've only been here for a few months. No, we all find out just before the show. I know it's not the best system, but the smaller shows we played around the other homesteads were just the same. He likes to feel the mood of the night. You know, feel the energy. She air quotes in the air. See what fits. Look, trust me, I've performed with this man for years now. I know what, know what his best plan is, you know. He knows what's to do. Axel sighs, reaches into his pocket and pulls out some bird seed, and three doves flutter down from the tree above and land on his shoulders, uh, one narrowly missing you, uh, Javier, with a boop. Those things aren't going to be getting in the way tonight, are they? No, I've got them very well trained. Like, you've, you've seen my performance, you know, the shapes they pull, and they, they listen to my every command. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Like, now, um, Ilya takes over. Now, from the top, show us what you've got. <sighs> okay. And I want you to d- roll me a DC, uh, a performance oh, check. Performance check, all right. So roll it and then tell me it how it goes. It a 20 total. Hmm. So what uh, do you do? I'm going to attempt to copy what she's been teaching me. Um, I think it's it's a bit stiff with the the hmm. footwork and the, the twirling and the movement, that kind of thing. Um, and halfway through, I'm going to stop and say just say to her, uh, Lyria... You know I'm much better when I'm up on platforms and ropes and that kind of thing. On the ground is not generally my best way of performing. Well, you can't get up on the ropes until you know your feet on the ground. And you're, you're doing... Like, it looks fine. You're, you're all right. Like, if you really want to, you can stand on the fence. Actually, I would like to do that. Like, that, that's fine. Well, then go for it. She just steps back and she kind of pushes Axel out of the way. So go on, show us what you've got. All right, I'll hop lightly up onto the fence and continue doing some fancy footwork from there. Yeah, they both start applauding. After about a few minutes, they start applauding you and just going, Bravo, bravo. Illyria's just kind of laughing at you just to see the progress gonna, you've taken. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to attempt to do the bow that Axel was teaching me before. All right, give me an acrobatic shake. <laughs> um, all right. See if you can hold your balance while it's oh. this fence. It was nine total. Nine total. Yeah, you know, you plummet to the ground. <laughs> you, you take a bow and you lose your, your footing oh. and just fall forwards. Both of them just start absolutely cacking themselves and laughing. Well, hopefully it'll be better tonight. <laughs> yeah, I definitely hope so. <laughs> oh. 
out, out, out of, from behind them, you see an older man dressed in a regal red gown with a violet cloak hanging off his back, walks towards the group. Ah, Professor! Chubbs! Come to aid in some criticism? Axel calls out. The old man chuckles to himself as he leans up against the fence, clearing his throat into a weary, dry, burnt, scarred hands. At his, uh, at his heels is a small beagle that sits down next to him. I'm, sh- <coughs> I'm sure Javier will do fine. I was actually after a word with you, Javier. Your, uh, your partner, in fact, is, is the tale of concern. Um, he hasn't bathed in a few days, and he's starting to, you know, waft a bit through the camp. Might be best if you could have a word with him. I want to make sure that he's uh, cleaned. The beagle puts both of his paws on his nose. And he says, Yeah, I can smell dirt from here. Honestly, <laughs> how would you put up with that? If he cleans himself up downstream from where we were collecting, that would be highly appreciated too. I think I got so sick last time I drank his... 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 <gasps> and he just like kind of grabs his jaws in place. Oh dear. And just, the, the professor just gives Cut Chubbs a playful kick. He's like, oh, really, really back Chubbs. Duke is as much a part of the circus as you are. Trust me, when you see our performance tonight, you won't regret bringing him on board. Chubbs just kind of looks up at you, just... I mean, seeing, you know, seeing is believing, I guess. The professor just kind of rolls his eyes and looks back at you, Javier, and it's like, you guys got everything you need, gentlemen, lady? I think we're all set for tonight. I have enough bird seed for the whole crowd to feed my pretties, Axel says, nuzzling into one of his doves that... Slowly edges away from him. And Lyra pipes up. My, my sisters are seeing to the nets. We seem, we seem to be fine. Excellent. Uh, right, well, Miron has requested Chubbs and I to accompany him to meet up with the mayor. Trying to show off more customers, you know. And I mean, we should be happy with the sales we've got so far. What with the tickets flying out the door. We may actually need some extra seating. You actually notice Axel's face turns to match the colour of his doves. <laughs> Did that, that, that many? And the professor laughs and turns turns away. He's like, yes. <laughs> this will be a night to remember. Now, you guys have a day to prepare. Anything that you think that you would be doing inside the circus, you can be doing now. Talking to a various people, trying to get hold of certain things. If you want to talk to other people well, inside the circus, preparing for tonight. Um, myself and uh, Bunny have got to go get those um, medical supplies off Kale. You do. And you can see, like, as you start walking over, you do see Kale talking to um, a show, this show anti woman. Uh, I actually don't have a name up at the moment. Give me one second. Oh, my God. So Tahala. Prepared. Tahala, thank you very much. Walking over and see Tahala in conversation. With Kale. <clears throat> oh, hello, hello, Kale. Uh, Tala, how, how, how you're going? Greetings. Um, yeah. Uh, 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 came to. I think there was a mix-up with uh with the medical supplies. You you got them on your wagon, Kale. Yeah, we heard that there was um bunny pipes up. No, yeah, we heard that you've got the uh some of the medical supplies. It might have been brought to your kitchen instead. You found any boxes that weren't yours? Uh, what was in said boxes? Um, you would... Uh, well, medical supplies, mate. Yeah, but if there's anything <laughs> resembling a herb, I may have cooked with it. 
oh no, like, uh, like, uh, really, like bandages and stuff. You don't put them in your in your soups and stuff, do you? Well, do you? Do, do you? Is... No, no. Yeah. He's not having a sonicy bunny. Do no, I, don't, anyway. I don't think he's having what. But you haven't seen one one of the crates turn up. No, you... why don't we go back to the tent and have a look? Certainly, mm. we'll have a look. Right. Well, it's, uh, it's actually some, something else I want to show you, fellas, while we're there, actually. Oh, really? Oh, oh um, I'm always excited to see things. <laughs> you know, Latest little snacky I've been working on. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I do like food. <laughs> Both like a bit of a snack, don't we? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, like, well, I'll, um, yeah. I'll make my leave. Yeah, um, yeah. It, was, it was lovely talking to you, Kale. Oh, uh, see you, Talia. She just kind of nods towards you. She's like, Uri? Yeah. And, and then Uri's going to uh, shamble on over to the kitchen because he wants to have a look at this food that's cooking. Bunny follows. How big is the doorway to um, the kitchen? And how big is the kitchen? I have to be stooped over the entire way through this kitchen. Josh, what do you reckon? Uh, it's uh, No, it'd be fine to walk in, I think. I am over eight foot tall. <laughs> You're over eight, foot, over eight tall? foot tall? Yeah, right, you'll have to duck. Yeah. Yes, it's probably the at least through the door, at least through the doorway. All right. The 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 the, the inside of the tent is quite spacious because I hang you know fairy floss and things from the from racks uh, lining the roof and such, and you know clo- cloves of garlic hanging there drying and I'm just dodging um, other everything things on the way through. I guess. Mm. <laughs> Uh, so I call this uh, winner winner pre circus chicken dinner. Uh, <clears throat> why don't you? Uh, Sounds interesting. Okay, pull over the the sort of remains of this uh, cooked unborn av- avian. Yeah. So I've uh, boiled it in uh, a few of my personal ingredients I've been working on. Why don't you just give, give it a try? Give it a try. Bunny kind of looks at it and then just looks up at you, Yuri. You want one? You give it a go first. You go first. I, I believe in you. Oh, uh, well. Uh, wouldn't be no. the worst thing I've eaten. Alright, let's... I'll just uh, pick it up with my hands and just take a bite <laughs> out of it. Is it poached, did you say, Josh? It's uh, It's poached, yeah. And it's okay, uh, so like, uh, is it runny poached or is it's it... uh, it's more or less been deliberately cooked to be as foul as possible? I imagine it's like the sound of eating okay. this thing is like eating those chickens in Fable, like the chicks in Fable. And they just say that, <laughs> yeah, like the almost apple but meaty sound, <laughs> <laughs> the crunchy chick. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Still like very bony, and I've mixed um some like a a, a concentrated viscous algae that I've fished out of a local <laughs> pond and I've like mixed that in with it and the stuff that I d- deliberately tried to make it as disgusting as I could well buddy it's mm. Mm. Uh, it's <laughs> do you like it it's it's uh, yeah it's real, it's real good kale um, oh, I'll have some then and bunny just like tries to put his finger inside it Oh no, Bunny! I don't think you'll like it, mate. Is it? Is it not for my? Is it not for the dwarven stomach? You know we, we're good. We can hold our stuff. Oh, it's like uh, he puts his finger in. Look, go on, try it. 
Won't you try it? Puts his finger in his mouth and almost instantly like spits it out on the floor. It's like, what, what, what the fuck was that? Like, what, what do you, what do you mean it tastes all right? It's kind of like what makes it so uh, funny? Orcish taste. Well, it still needs to be pal- palatable, Yuri. You know, you've still got to like consume things and enjoy it. Otherwise, you know. Oh well, it's it's not the worst thing I've tasted. I know you, Yuri. It makes it all right. Oh, but yeah, nah. You know me, Bunny. Can't really turn turn down f- free food, you know. Yeah, no. Nah, yeah, all right. Yeah, no. Nah, yeah, 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 nah. Kale is pretty but, foul. Um, all right. Well, thanks. I'm like writing this down in my. I've, I pull out my my book off my my holster on my my belt, and it says like it's a very colourful leather bound book that says the Liber Treatise on the front. And I open up and like, sorry, what was that? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm like. Very foul. <laughs> How would you describe it? Yeah. Talking to me or you talking to you? No, no, to you, yes. Uh, um, putrid uh, is putrid. one word that comes into my brain. Oh, that's um, good. Yeah, but the foul is a pretty good one, I must admit. Foul. Not enough paprika, mm. I will say. Yeah, they could have masked some paprika. of the flavour, but, you know. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah, make it spicy. That would be better. Yeah, we like spicy. We do. Yeah, we we like spicy. Uh, I think. Oh, spice! That's a good idea, actually. And I think you know what? Maybe I'll rename it. Uh, inspired by you fellas, we'll call it the slimy foul. But I've spelt spelt it foul as F O W L. That's very. Isn't that clever? What does he mean? It's just like. What does he mean? It's like you got the foul is in like it doesn't taste very nice. But then foul is in like the bird, you know, like 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 it's it's, it's foul and, and foul is just quite clever. You might have to draw this one out for me oh, later. Yeah, I, no, I still don't. I'm doing the dirt for you, and we're watching the circus. Well, yeah, no, we'll go we'll go to our dirt patch. And we'll, yeah, we'll yeah, do it in the yeah. ground. Yeah, but you don't. But you don't have the supplies, Gail. You don't. You don't think? Oh, I might have the supplies. Sorry, it's, it's, I got just bonus. We'll uh, have a look through the boxes or whatever's coming. Sure. Through. Uh, would you like some fairy floss to go wash it down? Cinnamon flavor. Oh, yeah, fairy floss. Oh, love good. some fairy floss, actually. Uh, it's one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah, go on then. I've got a bit of a sweet tooth, and he smiles, and you realize he's probably only got about five teeth between him. <laughs> Which, <coughs> yeah, I'll, uh, I'll grab, I'll like gra- grab two sticks out of a, a jar nearby and start twirling them around in the air and mage hand the fairy floss off the rack on, on the roof and onto the sticks. Oh, fuck, I love magic. Over to I do. You know what? I would not be. As 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 slender and beautiful bodied as I am now, if, if I was a magician, you know, if I weren't learn a little bit of magic, you know, like Kale does, mm. I'll, I would I would eat like a king, yeah. a king, I tell you. Yeah, I, I, Lord, I agree, yeah. Bunny. You would you you'd yeah. be a. We're very we're very. Yeah, no, sorry. Are you no, no, I interrupted you. No, did, did, I thought I, I thought you were talking no, first. I thought I thought you was talking first. Uh, either way, Kale, thank you very much. We, we as much as much as I did not like the meal before. Uh, yeah, the sweets are good. Yeah, this is this is really good. Yeah, it's it's, it's a top copper, as I would say. It's top Especially copper. Especially the the synonyms in it. <laughs> You're right, Carl. Synod- <laughs> Yeah. I'm still like uh, under my breath. I'm taking more notes of like synonym fairy floss. Oh, That's God. good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll we'll go through the boxes and we'll see we'll see what's 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 what what's yeah yeah yeah. 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 All right, come let's, on, buddy. Let's do it. Okay, I mean, you're I'm buddy. Come on, you're buddy. Uh, yeah, let's go. Wait, no, you actually no. years ago. Oh, shit. Uh, as 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 I go, like go to leave, I, I pick up the rest of the um 
the uh, um, uh, the cooked bird and just sort of like package it up to take take it around the camp to offer the people. And as I'm walking out, <laughs> and I'm gonna turn turn back to Yuri. And I'm like, Yuri, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, so you're bunny. Oh, bunny. Oh, you're actually yeah, a question for both of you. What's up, mate? Have yeah, you ever go on. wondered go on. what fairies actually floss with? No. Food for thought. Now I just walk away. That is what? Did we did we eat the 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 dental properties of stuff that fairies? Oh no. No, that's not, that's not what he's saying. No, like, do you see? No, it's, let's just, we got to get Kale? the medicals. we got to get these supplies done before. We need, we need, to, we need yeah. to find yeah, him later. Yeah, we need yeah. to. All right, we'll get. We'll go find him later. We'll go find him later. <laughs> you wander off and go have a look in the boxes. <laughs> oh. Oh. That's it. You just hear Kale like, yelling from somewhere up, up the alley. Is like, oh, Zalian, Zalian, do you want to try this? <laughs> oh, dear. Javier, what are you up to? Um... I think uh, I'm going to practice for a bit and then... More practice? Uh, mentally recompose my performance over and over again until it kind of barely resembles what I had been practicing. And then be like, no, bring it back. Bring it back to what it was. And then recompose. I'm, I'm trying to, yeah, yeah, because I'm, uh, I'm real nervous now. So you're trying to over-embellish your I keep over-embellishing and, and, you're trying and putting to in things that are unnecessary, and then I keep, okay. like, bring it back to the start and just bring it back to what it's supposed to be. You're probably by yourself at this point. I think the other two have let you yeah. do with it by yourself. So after I've been doing that for a while, though, I would like to go and find um, Illyria again. Okay. Um, you know where her carriages uh her and her five um sisters uh four other sisters all share the same um share the same wagon and on the side you see the beautiful actually i've got an image actually i can show you guys um of uh what the feather four five what they're like kind of look like so it's like multiple pictures of these beautiful um oh wow pictures of the cambeau family just doing magical like doing tricks on ropes uh, all with the white leotard with sequins on their shoulders. All short, cropped hair, um, dark skin. Yeah, and you can you can hear them. And you see Alara um, around the corner. She's um, she's got like the safety net that they use underneath them. She's just going through it. She's just checking all the knots and stuff, retightening ones that need tightening. Maybe re like undoing parts, redoing parts up, going through it. Uh, Illyria. Oh yeah. Hey, do you mind if I speak with you? Um, I have a request. Yeah, no, nah, I'm. I can give you a hand. What do you want? Uh, I have changed the ending of my act somewhat. Look, you've done this before. I know, I know. Is it better than like last time you done this? It was you were, you were thinking of doing a cartwheel out of the the. the Circus tents. And yes, and I realised that was ridiculous, but this, trust me, this will look incredible. Right, well, what's your plan? Well, my plan is... I, well, uh, I need your help, and that, that's what I've come to ask. My help? Yes. Right, okay. It's not gonna uh, maybe cause an injury with me and Duke? She kind of has, like, she goes quite serious when she asks you that. No, 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 of course not. No, no, no. You won't be in the line of fire at all. Go on then, pitch it to but me. When I call for you. When I call to you. When I call for you. Okay. 
I just need you to be there, okay? Right. What am I doing? Am I just appearing on stage, or...? You, you'll, you'll know what to do. Right, oh well. Okay, well... The mystery will be solved, hopefully, maybe tonight, you know? Best best way to go about it, like, give me a heads up if you are on stage. I, I mean... <laughs> um, out of character, I will, I will explain to her what it is that I wanted to do. Oh, okay. You just don't want to reveal it just yet. Yes. Okay. Like she goes... She kind of looks you up and down and goes... Yeah. Nah, it should... I should be able to do that. I'll give it a go, at least. Like, what's the worst that's going to happen, right? Well, the worst that's going to happen is I break my legs, but... Well, be- best you- better you than me. I need mine. You've, um... Well. Yeah. Well, just don't do that, you know. Like, <laughs> it's a, it, I mean, it will definitely encourage some excitement. Definitely a crowd will like that. I'll try not to scream when it happens. <laughs> she laughs. Just out loud, just gorgeous. He's like... <laughs> a completely un- uncharacteristic laugh from such a such a person. Um, yeah, so you guys spend the rest of the afternoon packing up, collecting things. Um, I presume there's, uh, you find your supplies, Yuri. You and Bunny find your supplies amongst Kale's stuff. Yeah, you know, that's it. Oh, oh, he's there. <laughs> oh, no, he's got him secreted behind the paprika. He did have paprika. He lied. Boy, he didn't look, bother putting look, his paprika it's, it's labelled right here, look. Well, I'm gonna do this right now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this right now. He picks up the paprika and he takes it inside. He goes, and you see, you look inside, and you can see just like the top of his bald head, just uh, but on the other side of the table, and you just two hands up, puts it on top. There we go. Now you won't forget. <laughs> so now we've done him a service. Yeah, we have. Yeah, we've done yeah, him a service. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. have. We're just like yeah, public yeah, yeah. servants. L- at least we could do for the fairies' yeah. flosses. Exactly. For the, for the fairies' <laughs> flosses. Hey, you, you- you guys watch as Smith, the unseen servant, like picks the paprika up and puts it oh, back fuck, in its spot. Oh, oh my god! Where's it gone? Oh my god! Kale, got him. Are you, are you, he puts his hands out in front of him. Kale, are you there? You know you would be the best at playing hide and no, find. No, you know how he does his magic things. So that's what I think it is. He's doing his. He just. He's like oh. telecast tele, 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 psychics or whatever it's called. Oh. Fuck! I wish I could do magic. That'd be sick. No, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, well, be, let's yeah, get these over to the um, to the tents and um, get set up for tonight. What you reckon? Yeah, yeah, you know, we'll get set up. We'll, we'll, yeah, yeah, well, they'll probably need our hand with the uh, top tent. Oh, that's ten, up, yeah, yeah. Top that's ten right. top yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, and we still got to put that on. Yeah, 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 we'll go help with that's that. That's it, yeah, let's we'll, do it. And you guys wander off to go. Yeah, yeah, and you wander off to help put the top of the... This, the, the top, the big, big top. top. Uh, what's it, tarp? Big top, big top. Put the big top tarp on. God, that's a, that's a, that's a tongue twist. Big top tarp. <laughs> Big top tarp. Um, and yeah, so for the rest of the afternoon, you help secure that. You make sure you bring in, you help bring in all the stands, all the um, seating. You set out the rings. A couple of the riggers climb up top. Um, I doubt that you would be up there, Yuri, just because oh, no. look at knowing that your weight yeah. and your size. Um, and Bunny is terrified of heights, so he would not be that's up there why, either. That's so why you're why both we got just given duty, man. The... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And um, you're both up there after a while, like, with a couple, just watching watching uh, the riggers, like, go up there with their lights and, like, put candles inside, like, gla- uh, like glass tubes of different colours and, like, rearrange them so there's certain ropes that they can pull and manipulate them in such different ways from the ground. Um, as you know, like, to give awesome, like, lighting effects in a, in a medieval... I'm just going to be sitting next to Bunny and thinking, like, say... Yeah, it, it, it always...
always does look really cool when they set it up, doesn't it? Just like watch, just like little, watching watching birds or ants like swarming all over the thing, and then it's just like it's again like magic, you know? Yeah, Bunny's watching this white knuckling his cup. Oh no, I forgot you don't like heights, mate. Sorry. Yeah, no, that'll be right. Yeah, no, that'll be right. I can't think about that. No, no, just keep drinking your tea. You're right, mate. Kale, do you find any unfortunate victims? Your food. Oh, any, anyone, anyone who will. You do, in fact, to try it. I will allow to try. As you start walking around, most people know your antics and walking around, but you do happen to bump into Mordane the magician, which everyone should know. She is the diva of the circus. You you see her in the distance. This is like your goal. You see her in the dif- distance. She has like a massive white gown on wrapped around her fur coming out of the sides. And she, you see her little apprentice follow her, um, Cole, who um, who helps out chaining her up when she gets lowered into a glass chamber filled with water and she, in fact, frees herself. So he's the one that chains her up and helps her. It's like her assistant is Cole. Bald man, five foot eight. Slender, and you see more dangerous like honestly how how dare i get to the position that i did with my wagon i wanted beautiful views out here but there's dry desolate wasteland i deserve gold and beautiful things and oh oh kale d- d- hello uh, i'd i'd be well aware that she's a gelt wouldn't i ah uh, well, fully aware. i'd be able to tell just off her accent so mm. i already think she's a bit of a chav so i'm going to oh, yeah. approach her Oh, Morden, how are you doing? Have you got my lunch prepared for me? I do, right here, actually. Oh! She kind of taken aback. She expected to shout at you for not having food for her, but she's like, very well no, so, Sorry I couldn't get it here sooner. I just I went out of my way to get some uh, local cuisine. That's fair, that's fair. Cole, feed me! She turns, she turns around and just kind of like delicately opens her mouth and Cole out of his like hand satchel just kind of finds like a delicate fork made out of silver what you believe is silver which one shall I pick out mistress any of them will do just feed me I'm famished I need I need energy for tonight you know I am playing the big number after all I mean it's been announced I'm doing it it's gonna be fantastic very well my love like puts it in grabs it too here we no, go. This one, oh, this one, the white meat. Oh, the white, the white meat. Okay. Yeah. She says the white meat. Of course, of course, darling, it's fine. Puts him, puts it in her mouth, and she starts to chew. She, mm, mm. She just like half pukes over herself and onto the floor. She's like, what is this? Have you poisoned me, sir? And he's, she's like, points her finger towards you. No, 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 this is local cuisine. This is slimy This is putrid! Yuri said it's quite good. I do not! A star like myself does not deserve to be treated this way! How dare you? Kale, Kale, I want you to beat him up! I want you to to, to meme him! And Cole's like, he looks at you and he's just like... I... I, What? What? No, I... I, And he's just like, come on! He's like, hits him. He's like, how dare you? Not listen to your madame. Maybe we're better off in dust light. Kind of like scoffs at you. 
walks off. It's like, you will not hear the last of me, Kale. Not the last. And wanders off into her wagon, which is outrageously gaudy. <laughs> I'll, like, turn back to her assistant and put, like, a bit of the 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 uh, foul chicken in my mouth. It's like, oh, you want some? But I've... Uh, well, it can't be that bad, right? Can't be. He just gets in with his real, like, very narrow, knobbly fingers. Just gets his fingers in. His... Not bad. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what she's complaining about. Yeah, you really liked it too. Yeah, well, you, you—he's a good bloke. I look up to him. He's, he's a nice fella. He is. I, 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 I pull out my book. You know, like, how, how would you describe it? Describe the flavor, um, the texture. Moist. Um, moist. It's also dry inside. I don't know if that's moist, dry inside. Yes, I think I think noodles. Next time you cook it, can you put noodles in it? Ah, I, I do like my noodles. Uh, you know, I've been meaning on learning how to hand pull noodles. I've just been just waiting to come across someone from uh, you know. <laughs> well, when we all follow to... Mistress on her great adventure to uh, Absalom, maybe we'll meet someone there. You can show us. Yes, I, I hear there's lots of culinary masters from Tianzi yeah, there, so perhaps I could learn. Yeah, that one. Yeah. I think, I think, um, look, don't mind her. She's just, you know, lost her manners. Princess, well, not princess, but she thought herself as a princess in the last one. She moved over here because she thought the contract would be better, but no, we haven't actually been paid that much yet. So uh, hopefully tonight, with her big show at the finale she'll be happy yeah have you, have you actually have you have you have you spoken <laughs> sure. to uh, Thunder at all uh, I haven't seen him yet today actually I was looking for him right now I thought he might want to give this a try well I've, I've got no, I've got to pull his ear he looks around to make sure Maudine's nowhere nearby and just, she's not actually confirmed for the finale so I, I, I need to make sure that mistress gets it you know Oh. Well, you know, it's, it's just like a gift for her, you see. Like, opens up his arms uh, a little bit. Like, you know, a little present from Gubbings here. You know. He has this look. How exactly did you come into Morden's service? Oh, was, well, that dust like gave me to her. I was, I was servicing for her, you know, looking after her, her every need. But I know she had an eye for you for the other stuff. Smiles a little bit, just rubs his like his lips on his cheek, uh, on his teeth a little bit. But um, but um, when she came, she, she didn't want to deal with her and her, how most people say her attitude. So I was more than happy to look after him. This is a really creepy guy. Right? <laughs> like he's, yeah, he's he just gives off an air of just like. <laughs> Like I don't know how else how to describe it, but it's just like it's it's he just there's something not right with this man. <laughs> no, you've done a good enough job role playing. I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, they can't see my like grabbing at my shirt, like curling yeah, myself. Particularly in. that that last line, I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and there, he's just basically if a shrimp was a person, mm. that would be Cole. K O L, by the way. Um, but anyway, I have to go see to my madame's every need. 
I have, we've got sure. to make it look good for tonight. But if you see Thunder, tell him I'm looking for him. Will do. Uh, I, might, I might actually go look for him right now, actually. All right. Yes. Yes. He starts mumbling to himself. If one day, now is there a good ring? Fantastic cubes. We have lots of babies. Walks off, walks off towards the wagon. Ooh. Ooh. It creeped me out playing him. <laughs> um, as for finding Thunder, you guys will know before a show, he is everywhere and nowhere. You will talk to someone saying, yeah, I saw him over there, and then he's completely... You go over there, you can't find him. That person said, no, we didn't see him at all. Like, he, he wanders around. He basically... He's, he's like a bunny. Like, he will just dart off in different directions as soon as a fantastic idea comes into his head, talking to the right people about where they're going in the night. And most people don't actually know until the tent is full. And he's like, he will basically choose people when they're going to go, what order they're going to be in. Like, a, you know, being the ringmaster, he also announces everyone. So, so, but, um... Yuri knows that he's gone off to town. He may or may not be back. Maybe it's, it's probably coming close to the evening now. Like most of the show is tent set up now. Um, Kale, your your um, stalls are all set up in the front entrance for the lead-in inside. Putting on all the treats and the toys and the flags and the pinwheels, the sweets. Which have you got? I, I, I imagine you may have your um, invisible friend unseen servant with one of those like you know the, the popcorn things they used to have in like the ninth, the Victorian age where they would be like yeah get your popcorn here get your you know the um, <laughs> boxes that hang off them Yeah, I imagine that but just floating in the air being like yeah, he's, and he's like handing them out floating around of its own volition yeah yeah like and he's like rearranging them and like making sure the heights are perfect like symmetrical yeah alright let's get the show on the road so the sun starts to set in the distance. The sky is painted with magical hues of purple, red, and blue. A slow crowd starts to build up in the town, making their way to the northeast, following a dirt road towards the big top, almost hidden behind the gathering of trees. We see, sh- all, we see shops all over town flipping their signs from open to closed. The owners quickly fumbling with their keys to lock their doors to join the crowd. Everyone is eager to be the first in and get the best seats. Along the road, we see signs posted up. The Dwarven Throwers! See these tumblers shape themselves into a living ballista, with paintings of Dwarven men being propelled through the air. Eliza and Mr. Tickles see her handle her deadly vipers and her dancing 16-foot-long anaconda, with a painting of Mr. Tickles wrapped around Eliza, who is sporting a brilliant red top hat. The crowd points and gasps as they pass the signs, muttering to themselves about the show they're going to see tonight. As they get closer to the campsite, they are met with a cacophony of music and voices shouting towards them. But one booms above the rest. Welcome to the Circus of Wayward Wonders! Thunder stands at the entranceway, circus arm of the, uh, the entranceway of the circus, arms outstretched, holding a cane in one hand and a bright red top hat in the other. Tickets can be bought on my right! If you have not purchased them. And on your left is for all of you who thought wisely and pre-booked. We have almost sold out, ladies and gentlemen. He starts greeting people in the crowd, grabbing their hand, joking with them, like, ah, child, ah, you know, laughing, making jokes, um, hollering out at them. We move past him, move through the crowd as they start to walk through the entranceway. Either side, this the entranceway is flanked 
buy side carts and tent stools filled to the brim with popcorn, sweeted nuts, wooden toys, flags, pinwheels. Organizing it all is Kale. Kale, what are you doing to these, this flood of people coming towards you? I just is in a flurry of cantrips. He's using like mage hand to hold a hat out. He's getting people to throw the money at him, at him, and he catches it in the hat and then like telekinetically yeets their chosen treat across the way to them for them to catch. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> the unseen servant Smith is walking around with his his little popcorn card, just handing them out left, right, and center. All right. Every now and then, I'll uh, you know unleash a flourish of, of flame or, or fireworks over the crowd, or or perhaps even whip up you know a snack in front of the crowd's eyes using uh press the digitation and and produce flame uh morden walks over he's like oh bravo bravo <laughs> god you always get them so excited before they come inside fantastic oh i'm so glad we found you i'm so glad and give you a thing to do. anyway i best be off i need i need to head inside don't see you in there you've got everything you need right yes yes no if you need anything Ask the professor. I'm sure he can help. Ah, mayor! Yes, I've got your seats over here! He takes the hand of the mayor and leads him inside. Um, inside, um, getting ready for any injuries or any mishaps that happen during the show. Yuri, what are you doing? You and Buddy? Are you sitting on the sidelines? Are you sitting behind the curtains? I can actually move you guys now to the big top backstage. You can all see? Uh, yes. Yeah, so backstage you've got wooden carts, you've got barrels, you've got seating areas, you've got some places where there's a, there's mirrors, you know, like with those like light bulbs that stick out. Obviously, fantasy version of that, but light bulbs sticking out, like so mm. people can do the makeup. You see the clowns in the corner all practicing their tricks. Um, you see the Flambini sisters, like making sure that gasoline is lit enough, you know, and, and see people practicing. Mister Tickles is in his cage at the moment. You do see that. Uh, Eliza's like looking over, just like scratching his head. Um, yeah, where are you at the moment, Yuri? Uh, I imagine uh, myself and Bunny. Once we've established that we're all set with our like medical supplies and stuff, and like you know, we're we're always ready to go. So uh, we just like I imagine this would have been Bunny's suggestion, not Uri's, uh, just to sit down, play play cards or something while we are while we're for the show to get along, get on. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you guys are playing cards in the corner. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> oh, don't tickle in my throat. Um, Javier, what are you doing? Uh, first thing <clears throat> that I want to be doing is is getting my outfit on. So normally, where I wear like a, a a blood red, just like a regular looking suit around the camp. For this show, I've put on uh, a. a what are they called? Like a, a penguin tux with the long coattails. Also blood Fantastic. red. Uh, with a, yep. a top hat um, as well to kind of accent the whole uh, outfit. And very, very bright white gloves. Ooh, I like it. And I want to be moving around to the different contraptions that are part of my show, making sure they're all set, making sure that... Yeah, yeah. everything's all sorted out. You've got a couple of um, riggers helping out. You're going like, to totem yeah. this nut up and tighten that bit up and it's like no 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 I need this bit leaning over this way and I'm like yep and you've got like a plan in your hand that you're showing people how you want it to look yeah and everyone's just nervous how to set and it, that, that's full like all the actors and all the performers in the air are just everyone is anxious no one knows what's happening no one knows like when they're going on if they're going on um and yeah and you you can slowly hear the crowd moving in and a couple of you just wandering around 
So the Circus of Wayward Wonders performs an enormous tent, capable of holding hundreds of people, and that's a good thing, as it seems like the entire population of Aberton has turned out for the show. Many of the town's most prominent citizens, including the mayor, are among the throng of jostling seats, peering at the three rings that fill the centre of the tent, and are waiting excitingly for the show to begin. Kale, are you inside the tent at this point? Most people who are inside now, are you starting to... Yeah, once uh, most people inside are you who come in and start patrolling the stands, handing out snacks as needed, using Mage Hand to float them above the crowd and down to their intended recipients. Fantastic. As the lights go down, the audience settles into their seats. The circus performers take their places backstage, awaiting their cues. Suddenly, several of the performers closest to the curtain that separates the three rings from the rest of the tent leave their assignments, gathering in a small crowd to exchange frightened whispers and hushed gasps. You notice this, Yuri, and so do you, Javier. So I said, what, what, what are we going to do? We don't know what's up. Like, how are we, we going to... can't even hear all these whispers from this group as it's slowly getting bigger and bigger you see more more of the crew more of the uh, performers over there I'm just gonna nudge Bunny and yeah, yeah. point uh, what, what, what's going on with that why don't you have a look just leave your hand there I'll, I'll make sure no one looks at them you, you have a look oh, I'm taking my hand with me oh, I'll take my cards and walk, wander over to the uh crowd that's gathering. Javier? I am too nervous to approach them. Okay. I don't care what they're doing. I'm focused on myself. I'm just going to be pacing back and forth. Yeah, Yuri, you walk over and you kind of get a view towering over everyone. Amid the group, you see his body contorted as if caught in forever in the thrums of terrible pain is the corpse of the ringmaster Muron Thunder Stenholm. Shit! No, Miron! Everyone in the crew knew Miron for his amazing, powerful voice that could bring an instant silence to the largest crowd. And he knew everything there is to know about putting on a successful performance. Now, he's dead. The crowd is out there, and they're expecting a show. 